three, two, one. Welcome back to another NCP episode. I'm your host, Matt. I'm your other co-host, Joe. And unfortunately, Justin cannot join us for this episode due to personal commitments. Uh, but it should it should be fine and it'll be another great episode. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about our ethnicity or our nationality and everything associated with that, especially food and how we identify ourselves with a lot of aspects of our culture. To discuss that topic, we have another Korean-American from our school, Olivia Che. Hi, as Matt said, my name is Olivia Che, and I'm also a senior at Plainview Old Pick John F. Kennedy High School. Uh, thank you for the introduction. And with every guest, we like to just briefly state like how we met, I guess. Uh, I don't know for Matt, but for me, I don't think uh, we're like that close. I think we both like knew of each other, but we don't really talk. And I don't know if it was uh, if it's the same for Matt, but mm. if Matt wants to share. Well, I think it would have to be middle school band. Like with Terrence, like from the third episode or second episode, um, like we were like the only few Asians. And so kind of just got to know each other because we realized that, oh, there's another Asian that we can um, maybe talk to. And yeah, I think that's where it started. I don't know how it was like for you, though. Okay, well, I knew Joe like the first time I actually met him was in second grade. You were friends with um, Justin Kim and Nick Kim, so the whole class called you the Kim brothers. So that's how like I first met you, but we never, <laughs> we never really talked. Yeah. Um, and then Matt, like to be honest, I didn't notice Matt until like seventh grade, kind of. Like I kind of knew you were there. We actually had science together with Miss Linos. I think you sat right. behind John V. I'm. I didn't honestly. I didn't notice you at all until eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I wasn't just like tall or I just wasn't like talking, but yeah. Yeah, I was. But even though like we may not know each other, I'm still excited to talk about uh, mm-hmm. whatever we do in this podcast and learn more about each other. So let's get into our TMI segment. So from tradition, Justin would usually introduce this, but I think for today I can introduce it. Um, so I'll start it off. So Joe, me, and Justin, we go to Bethpage Park. I think we're starting to go there like more often. Uh, we take the bike trail, and um, after that, we usually go out to eat. But wait, when was the last time we went? It was yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday, right? I'm so off. But yeah, yesterday we went to Panera and. Um, I didn't want to get like the same old thing, which I usually get. So I just followed what Justin got, and it was, it's called the four cheese flatbread pizza. And oh my god! What? If you guys have not tried that, you're missing out. It's, it's something else. Like, really? I could. Yeah, never. you you need to try it. There's flatbread never. pizza at Panera. Yep. Is it like new? Um, I think it's kind of new. I don't. Like, I think I've heard of it, like, recently, though. Interesting. I yeah. literally can't eat anything with cheese, because, like, 
one time I got really bad indigestion and I had to go to the ER. So <laughs> Oh, that was not a fun time for me. So yeah, oh no shoot. cheese for me. No cheese for me. So Well, are you allergic to cheese? I don't know. It's like, it's weird. So basically what happened the first time, um, I went to a friend's sleepover. When we woke up, I had bagels with butter and cream cheese. And then we had cheesy ramen after. And right after that, we had extra cheesy Domino's pizza. And when I went home, I drank a cup of milk and then I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I just threw up. So, Oh, shoot. yeah. Yeah. And then, but the indigestion in the ER didn't happen until, like, a year after where, like, I ate this really creamy pasta with a lot of bread and I didn't drink any water. So the next Mm. day when I woke up, I... could not eat or drink anything and i just Oh, my gosh. i just fell over in the bathroom like my mom literally thought i died because i stopped breathing for a couple seconds Oh, shoot. Wow. yeah Is that considered an allergic <laughs> reaction, though? Is no I have so no basically clue. it was because like i don't know like it runs in our family too like indigestion where like if we eat like too much of a certain food like it's like i i used to eat really fast without any water like something happens where like your stomach just like can't digest and so that raises the blood pressure because it stops like the blood circulation so that's basically how what happens to me Mm. Uh, maybe the tree the cheese is just uh triggers the indigestion more likely yeah than other foods probably probably is it like specifically cheese or just dairy no it's like specifically cheese and oh one that's time weird i had indigestion with bulgogi But luckily, I can still whoa eat it. So we're okay. oh We're okay. yeah <laughs> you definitely don't want to miss out on eating that Oh, yeah. I would just love to go to the ER on my day off. Just love it. Uh, on the topic of food, uh, I'll share my TMI of the day, and it'll just be that uh, for both lunch and dinner, I ate different types of sandwiches, first Okay. being <laughs> Subway for lunch, Okay. and dinner, my mom came home with Chick-fil-A, Mm. uh, but I think still, my opinion, the best sandwich, well, the best chicken sandwich, I think is... Popeyes, if you I haven't tried that. Me really, neither. Yeah, I need to try that. <laughs> I think I don't Chick-fil-A know. is like good though. Like It's still very good, but I feel like Popeyes chicken sandwich is on a whole nother level. But I give the fries to fries and sauce to Chick Fil A. Definitely the Oh sauce. my gosh, so good. The waffle fries dipped in the Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh my god. It's Yep. a whole Yeah. different world. Always get extra and save it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. That's like every like Asian family. <laughs> Just stockpile on the sauces. yes, sir. What about you, Olivia? Um, I just got rejected from Emery. Yay. Oh, Yay. it came out today? I got Yeah. I, I also got my decision and I got waitlisted. Oof. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. That's the Oof. rough part of college apps. Yeah. Oh, stop. Just move on. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You can't do much. So yep, it just wasn't I don't know. meant to be. So I it I don't know for me. I it hasn't like affected me that much cuz like I know at the end like I'll go where I'm meant to be and like if they don't want me then they don't want me. <laughs> 
it's it's tough but like i think one like reassuring thing is when you know like other people also got rejected it's like that mutual <laughs> like oh we both didn't get in yeah, yeah. also there is like a sense of like it's kind of random like oh yeah definitely, oh, definitely. random yeah like you could have different gpas but the person with like more um, extracurriculars could just get in so very true and like essays the uc schools are very big mm. on how you write the essays because mm-hmm. they don't use anything from common app you have to start a whole another application on the uc site and then you have mm. to fill out um four responses and you have to fill out all of your extracurriculars and grades by hand like you're not allowed to send oh. in transcripts so it's really really annoying does it cost more to apply to um, UCL, uh, UC schools compared to other ones? Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're, like, out of state and you don't have a waiver. And then you're yeah. applying mm. to, like, multiple UC schools. Because, like, I didn't apply to just one. Like, no one applied. Usually people apply to, like, multiple yeah. UC schools just to, like, mm. get, like, a better acceptance rate. So, yeah, it was definitely more expensive. And then, like, colleges are probably prioritizing, like, people in California, especially if it's UC school. Yeah, UC so. schools, they really, really prioritize kids in the Cali area, especially if they're transferring in from, like, a community college, because there's, like, a special mm. program that makes it easier for them to transfer. So, uh, yeah, that's a little annoying. Best of luck to you and your rest of your decisions. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Uh, if you want to introduce your MBTI for the viewers. Oh, okay. So I am a campaigner. Um, am I saying this right? Campaigner ENFTP? Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, that means I'm on the extroverted side. It means that I am able to switch from being like a passionate worker in like a working environment. And then I can like easily transition to like, someone who can easily interact in like parties or like other social interactions mm. and i crave like in social interaction not so much for like the actual atmosphere but like just because i love talking with people and then connecting with them emotionally so a lot of my characteristics mm. based on being a campaigner i'm more um intuitive which means i go more with my emotions rather than like my observation skills and it means that, like, I'm also really passionate and I'm an energetic worker, but, like, a like a sort of a con with that is if I'm stuck with something boring or something I don't find particularly interests me, I can quickly lose that energetic drive, which is, like, not exactly the best thing, but if I'm in something that I find myself really invested in, I put all of it into it, and I really like working with people, and I won't, don't mind being, like, in a leadership position. That's crazy because Ryan is also um, the same personality type. And I, it's crazy how accurate these like personality tests are because I already could see like similarities between like your characteristics. Yeah, I know. I was like, when I was like reading after I took the test for the very first time, I was like, whoa, this is actually insane because mm-hmm. like I didn't like know how to like really like identify myself because I always knew I was like, such like a big extrovert but i didn't know what their characteristics came with it and i'm actually really glad i took the test this year rather than before because 
I think I was a little too extroverted in like the past years. <laughs> no, I I know what you're thinking about. Stop. <laughs> well, so now I'm definitely like mellowed to the point where I like I utilize my abilities more in the classroom, and like I、mm-hmm. use my passion for like work that actually matters rather than just being like a ball of uncontainable energy. So it makes sense that I took it this year and that I'm a campaigner. Are there like any characteristics that you found were like, oh, I'm like nothing like that? I mean, like not really. Actually, it was like scary accurate. Like I was、oh. really, really surprised at how accurate it was.、Um, mm. No, yeah, there's really nothing that I disagreed with for my description as a campaigner. No,、yeah. I, I, I think you should also try to take this、uh, personality test. Like maybe like. Once a year, or like once,、yeah. like or twice a year, because personality is gonna change, and even like the、uh, slightest like changes in percentages, like could mean something. But I think it's yeah, fun taking them because、yeah. definitely I've seen some changes in mine. Wait, are you guys for... both in on the introvert side? Yeah, I think we got、yeah. the I. We the, got the but, same exact personality type. <laughs> All three of wait, us. What was that? What was it? INFP, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what? Matt's an introvert. What? I was thinking you were like more. Yeah, like, a mix <laughs> of both. I think I think both, but there's like a percentage to that too. So, kind of depends on the person. Yeah, like I'm like I think I'm about like eighty-seven percent. Extrovert. Oh like, wow! Yeah, so I'm super extrovert. But like, the part、mm. of being a campaigner is that like I also know when to relax, and、mm. I know how to like take time for myself. So that kind is what sets me apart from other extroverts. Because I don't mind、mm. being introverted sometimes when I need to to like chill out. So、right. yeah, but I thought it was really interesting because I always knew I was super extrovert, but that was like wow, that's a lot. <sighs> yeah, like I think. If I were to set myself apart from other introverts, it's probably that like if I'm put in a situation where I kind of have to talk to the person, like I wouldn't mind it.、Um, maybe unlike others who、uh, just really don't want to talk to others. But、mm. what about you, Joe? I think like I also like if I am put in a situation, like I'll talk. But then I think the difference is like. I would be more to like prefer not to compared to Matt, but I still don't have any problem. Like, it's just that I would probably be unlikely to be the ones talking first. So I'll give a scenario for everyone. So it's something like we probably experienced, but so we're in school and we have to go into breakout rooms, right? <laughs> um, and it's like you, you have to you have to participate, and it's like group work. Uh, due by the end of the period, so you gotta get your work done. Would you find yourself to be the person who, if there's no one else talking, would you be the person who talks first, or the person who just waits for a person to talk? I wait just a little bit, but I found that a lot of times I'm the first one. I think for me, like definitely in those group project scenarios, I'm more of a like supporting member. Rather than someone who takes lead, but、mm-hmm. if there isn't anyone that's willing to, 
I think I would probably end up trying to like set something up at least. Mm. Um, then also, like, I think it depends on like what kind of project it is and like for what class it is because like right. i don't care about it at all there's no sh- no no chance like <laughs> be like you guys don't want to do anything i won't do anything either yeah i know for spanish like we enter the breakout rooms no cameras everyone's muted and it's like a mutual thing where like everyone just like wants to chill out yeah we'll, yeah. we'll do our individual work after school yeah, yeah. <laughs> well let's get into the main topic so to start off um this is more of a question towards olivia for now uh which nationality do you associate yourself with more oh that's really tough mm. i mean i like i just tell people i'm like korean but like i, w- I was born in america you know so it's like it's hard to say like oh i'm not like 100 a korean i'm a korean american so it's, it's a little mm-hmm. different yeah, definitely. Uh, I think there's a big difference between just Korean and Korean American. Like for me, like I was also born here, uh, but mm-hmm. then so that's why like I'm accustomed to American norms and mm-hmm. like especially one thing I noticed like the honorific system, where mm-hmm. you don't have to speak differently to someone older. Oh, that's so true. To like parents, stuff like that. Yeah, that's something definitely like I noticed. Like, and when I whenever I go to Korea, like I don't know them, so I can't do them. So like, it's I guess uncomfortable for me because I don't know if I'm like disrespecting anyone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so like, but then I think there are certain Korean values that will always stay with me. I think. Big right. one is like just respect in general. It's like huge mm. in Korea. Uh, mm-hmm. Respect and like, especially to, towards parents. And right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Being punctual, I think. That's a mm. big thing. Mm. Uh, also, I think, I don't know. My experience with Koreans with time is like, really? <laughs> usually like five minutes late or five minutes early. They're never like on time. I don't know. Just my oh yeah, that's the same with my mom. We always have to be like five minutes like early because it's better to be early than like late. So my mom's always yeah. freaking out when I'm coming out of the house like, a couple of minutes before we were supposed to leave. I think I definitely associate myself because inevitably, like I live in the United States, so I think socially I'm like more American, but then like culturally, like I'm more Korean. If that makes sense. Do you guys think being reserved is like a Korean characteristic? I think. I think that too. I think yeah. conservative is what you mean. Right. Right. Cons- oh, that's interesting. That's all. Like Korea is known to be a very, very conservative country. And that's I think true. That's where you get the uh, idea about like Koreans being reserved. I think that's because mm. like parents at a uh, teach their kids at a young age just a lot about respect and like um being soft-spoken and like right yes just thinking before you talk i think mm-hmm. mm, yeah that's really big in like the older generations but like i noticed that like i don't know because for me like i've like talked to like 
up like some of the other Korean Americans and like some like Korean Americans I've talked to they're not actually like quite as reserved as I expected them to be because I I also feel like maybe it's because they had different upbringing like mm-hmm. me like right. I don't know like like my mom's like pretty conservative too but I don't consider myself to be reserved if you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think the big thing is uh, whether or not your parents were born here or not right. or whether mm-hmm. or not they moved from Korea or like how long they've stayed in America yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah that's true like I'm probably like less reserved than most like the con- other conservative first generation immigrants just because of the fact that like my mom like she was born in korea but then she came to america here at 12 so she's definitely been more mm, wow. exposed okay. yeah, than yeah, yeah most other parents have i know like matt's parents came here dirt like before college right uh, but my parents both came after they married so mm. but i think like just the korean values is definitely something i want to keep like as i grow up even oh, yeah, if I sure. stay in the United States, yeah. Is there oh, yeah. any American values that you would like to enforce if you were to raise children? Uh, hmm. Or is there any that we know? Well, hmm. I know one thing that I would probably take a, like use a lighter approach on is their view on like education, Korea. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's just way too overboard. Oh, um, yeah. Right. Yeah, the system... I think we're pretty blessed that we're in the American system of education, even though we might say like, "Oh, it's horrible." But like, compared to what kids have to go to Korea, I think definitely want to like. I definitely prefer an American approach to education, but not exactly that, but a a much less stricter approach than the Korean one. Mm. What about you, Olivia? I mean, yeah, like I agree with Joe. Like, I definitely don't want to be like all work, no play. And like, I like mm. how like Americans are a little bit more loose in terms of like how they like teach their kids and how st- like how the schools here aren't like so like overly competitive and makes it hard for like other kids. And mm. but like, like some stuff like I really like from like Korean values is like respecting your elders like using the honorifics and not like i don't know like it's just like how like i like i like a lot of the upbringing values but like a less severe version if that makes sense mm. i think when i see like um like non-korean like non-koreans like talking with older people or older like peers <laughs> For some reason, I don't find it, like, at least when I view, like, Koreans, if they were to talk to um, older peers and not use those honorifics, I kind of, like, cringe because, like, I don't know. Like, I see that disrespect. But when it comes to seeing, like, like non-Koreans, like, I just don't feel the same way. Like, I feel like that's accepted. But then when it comes to, like, only Koreans, I think that, we should be the ones to just use those honorifics. I don't know. Yeah, like, I feel, feel really weird calling like my friends' parents by their first names, and they're just so chill about it. They're like, right. "Oh, like it's okay. You can totally call me like by my first name." I'm like, I feel just so weird doing that because I feel like I'm like 
being disrespectful, even though they're saying I can call them that. So I just end up calling them like Mr. and Mrs. And they always tell me like, why are you doing that? that that's so weird. I'm like, but it's like normal for me. It was like how I was raised. So I'm just going to keep mm. that value. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think in school, like, everybody called uh, Mr. Lieberman Liebs, like by his nickname. And I don't oh. know for me, I just couldn't like do that. Just call him by like that. So I just always resorted to just saying Mr. Lieberman because it just felt weird. Like I completely like relate to what you guys were saying. Let's segue into food. So I asked Olivia to give me some ideas on what exactly she wants to talk about. Um, I just thought that, well, her two ideas were ethnicity and food. Like those are two of the topics that she came up with. I just thought maybe we could tie them up. So with food, Olivia, how how has that impacted your life, especially concerning your ethnicity? Well, before I really started thinking about food as like tying into my ethnicity, when I was younger, my mom would always cook a lot of like traditional um, Korean food for us, for like me and my brother, especially since mm. like we were such picky children. like. When I was younger, I did not eat takeout food whatsoever. I hated takeout food. I would not eat it. And I was super picky with, like, all vegetables. So Mm. I grew up eating a lot of, like, bulgogi, which is, you know, um, pan-fried Korean barbecue meat. And then Mm. um, myukguk. Oh, my God. Myukguk was such a staple during winter. Classic birthday food. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because um especially during the winters, my mom would make a lot of hot stews and like soups for like me and my brother to eat so we would stay healthy. Mm. And so Myuku, the seaweed broth, um sujibi, oh my god, sujibi mm. made by my mom is so good. Like mm. I help her make the dough now, but back then she was making it all by herself and I just thought it's such like a core memory of my childhood because um my mom was always cooking in the kitchen, so it was just literally a palace of food every day for us. Like, mm. so in my house, we used to have um, a gate near the kitchen, obviously, because kids should not be in the kitchen when there's a stove on. <laughs> and my brother and I, we would wait at the gate while she was cooking, <sighs> and she would actually come over and feed us like we were baby birds. So I just remember standing there with my older brother and just waiting for like little tidbits of the dish that she was making Mm. so i contribute like a lot of my like great childhood memories to like the food that my mom made and then Mm. when i started getting older um i started learning more about what it actually meant as to be like a korean american because um up until like high school i didn't really realize how like nutritious korean food really was and mm. I found that I was, like, a lot more energized than most kids who would just eat, like, a lot of junk food. And I started asking my mom, like, oh, hey, like, why is, like, this food different from, like, other, like, typical American junk foods? And she's like, well, because, first off, it doesn't use any, like, artificial ingredients. Like, my mom makes everything homemade from, like, mm. her, like, kimchi jjigae to, um, like, kai tang. She always uses, like, the best ingredients. And then... Um, the curiosity actually led me to research about it for my college business administration class. And mm-hmm. I found that 
a lot of Korean foods actually use um, a great deal of root vegetables, which are extremely nutritious and help mm-hmm. to replenish your body. So, like with bubuji japchae, which is basically in you know, the certified Korean barbecue mm-hmm. meat with the sweet potato starch noodles, sweet mm-hmm. potato is a root vegetable and it has significantly less calories than, like, say, like a normal starch noodle. And that's also yeah. like, another dish I also grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I also learned how my great grandmother was um, a chef and she had Ooh. a PAL certified license. So my mom would tell me stories about how, whenever she used to go over to her great um, to her grandma's house, she, um, mm. she always got to eat all these like really delicious, original, authentic Korean food. And mm-hmm. I found out like the food that she ate is the food I'm eating now because we have passed down those recipes in my oh. family. So mm. I get like a great insight into like my culture and like my family ancestry. Have you considered going into culinary school because your life was just so full of um, food? <laughs> it's really interesting you bring that up because my mom has literally been telling me that this whole year <laughs> because for like my college business administration project and like part of my advanced speech and debate like um projects i literally Mm. just like talked about like korean food and so (sighs) my mom was like why are you going to the law field you should be going to culinary like you're so passionate (sighs) about it and i'm like Mm. well yeah i am but like i feel like law would like as of right now it might be more fulfilling for me but maybe i might like look into like minoring in it but yeah you Mm. bring up a really good point like i've been like seriously considering that because i'm really into it is there a certain korean dish that is your favorite to eat like give me this uh if i had to choose one meal like give me this every single time oh no joe you can't ask me that question that's not fair it's too hard um okay basically (laughs) okay this is like basically anything that has meat anything Mm, i'm a that's fair i really identify myself as a carnivore can't go wrong with me exactly like i love meat i could eat this any day like i could eat this 24 7 it would be right? oh. if you guys don't know that um it's like a mix of like different meats and um a combination of that and like kimchi jjigae which is um, kimchi stew and Ooh, you know oh my boy. mom makes a mean kimchi jjigae like she's famous yeah. for it <laughs> Could have that any day. How about, what about you, Joe? You, Joe? Uh, mine's a soup, uh, solongtang, <laughs> which is oh, uh, I think oxbone, oxbone soup. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, That's but really good. that is by far my favorite Korean dish. Okay. Every time I go to Korea, uh, like I make sure to stop by this solongtang, uh, mm-hmm. restaurant. It's just so good. Do you know the spots in Flushing, or if you? Believe it or not, I don't really go to flushing. Flushing. Are you kidding me? What? Sir, you cannot call yourself. You're missing out on some good Korean. I mean, besides like jajangmyeon, like there's not. Oh, sure. Like probably eighty percent of the times, if I do go eat, it's jajangmyeon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is, if people might not know, black bean noodles, Mm -hmm. uh, black bean paste, something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. even it does. Solong Tang restaurants like there's one tongue right 
Is that what you're talking about? Huh? Oh, I know what you're talking mm. about. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's mad expensive, though. <laughs> Wait, have you so guys expensive. been to Gozong? I think if I see it from the outside, I'll probably recognize it. I don't know the names that well. You're missing out so much. I literally go to Flesh and Bayside almost like every like week or so if I can't help it. I always go and I get Gozong. I get Jiaoxing Man. But I also mm. get tongue soup. Oh my god. Mm. If you go like to a jajangmyeon chip, which one are you ordering? Jajangmyeon all the way. Yeah. Actually? Yeah. Go jjampong? I'm Okay, I have to confess something. I can't handle anything spicy. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. Isn't that wait, like have... every food? Okay, hold up. Well, first off, Matt, you have an allergic reaction. So you can't exactly be telling me, okay? Yeah, but like, I still love it. Like, it's, <laughs> okay, it's like explain. it's like a part of me now. I can't. Let me, I have yeah. I have a story. It's a, I'll explain. So when I was younger, my mom used to like wash off the um cubes of <laughs> what is it called? Is it still called kimchi if it's in cubes? What is it called then? Uh, yeah, 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 that. So my mom used to wash it off for me, and I would just like eat the plain stuff. Stop it! That's not that's not fair. <laughs> so one day, um, my mom she went to the kitchen, and she left the container out, and uh. the lid was on the table, and mm. I don't know why, but I went up to it, I took the lid, I looked the entire thing in one swipe. And I oh. agony, just pure pain because I've never been exposed to spicy food before that. So mm-hmm. I, I started screaming. Oh my god! And my mom had to run out of the kitchen. And ever since then, I joke you not, I've not eaten a single piece of kimchi. Are your parents like good with spice, or is no? It just yeah, like... like especially my dad. My dad will put Tabasco and um other stuff in ramen if it's not spicy enough. Mm. I can eat. I, I can't even eat ramen properly. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not a proper Korean. Well, um, I want to get into um, when we discuss ethnicity. There's a lot of um, aspects of that. There's language. There's um, culture. There's all sorts of things. But what I want to focus on is really language. I think language is really um overlooked um especially when you're trying to get to know a certain culture so for at least me my korean is joe knows already this but my korean is pretty pretty bad like i think my level of korean is probably like a two-year-old born in korea that kind of korean so like very basic stuff but for me i find it hard to really get to know my own korean culture and it's that's like an obstacle for me to get to know like who i am as a korean i don't know if Mm -hmm. you guys experience something similar yeah i mean i don't know how bad your korean is but i I can i can speak and understand a little bit but if you're a two-year-old i must be a preschooler because i literally 
I can't read or write, and I can only speak and understand a little bit. But I mm. found like a good way to like overcome that barrier is watching like Korean, like a lot of Korean TV shows, because I found that really helpful oh, yeah. with like my understanding. Especially yeah. when you're watching like <laughs> K dramas and like the Korean mm. reality shows, that like mm. helps you like put yourself in like the situation, understand how to respond. But like for me. Um, like, I would definitely want to know more about my history. So, like, it's a good thing, like, my mom, like, she, like, she knew how to, like, translate all the books from Korean to American. So whenever I have a question, I would just, like, ask her, which I guess isn't the same thing as, like, personally exposing yourself. The best way for me, like, learning about my culture was through food, which is, like, you know, ties into the main topic here. And, like, food really helped me a lot because... I would get like really interested in like how the dishes originated and like how it plays a role in my family history. Like as I said, my family is very oriented around like the recipes that we've like gotten from my great grandma and like we all cook. Like my grandma like will cook like kaibi tongue for me. She always like have like dishes for us to pick up from her house because like we see her almost every week. And my brother, not probably I probably I think I probably have more exposure than my brother because he was sort of like he grew up more in like an american like exposed environment just because of the fact that he went to stevenson and like he had to like go into like the american politics field when he was very young so Wait, he really? actually yeah yeah when he was in high school he started doing an internship when he was in his sophomore year then he became a manager um like a year later and now he has his own political strategy firm so he's more american than i am if that makes sense he also uh. eats like hamburgers and hot dogs and i hate <laughs> american processed meat i will take korean barbecue any day so i'm a little bit more koreanized than my brother is but he can actually i think like read and write a little bit more than i can just because of the fact he went to korean school when he was younger and i didn't uh. so there are some like differences between like how like like well knowledge we are about or my korean culture between my brother and i but i definitely say that like i've started to look more into like my history based like because i'm curious about my ethnicity now now that i'm at a point where i want to start looking more into who i am as a person so yeah wait so i'm guessing you didn't live in long island then if your brother went to stuyvesant because i know that's really no, we, far from playview we did my we oh, used he my commuted? yeah my um so basically what we did oh, wow. was my brother hey, that's test. crazy he got in and then we used my grandma's house back when they lived in like queens and then he would commute like three hours every day back oh, and forth wait, that yeah. is actually crazy. it was really tough on so he pretty much spent majority of his day at your grandma's house oh no he we used the address but he he lived with us and oh 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 yeah so he made that from long island to the city every single day yeah exactly dang that is crazy Mm -hmm. huge commitment (laughs) i don't like no even if you do live in the city or near that school you don't get that much sleep and yeah it was like he had a really like tough time in high school but i think that's also like a part like where like my like my mom's cooking plays into like effect because um he wasn't home that often so he didn't get to like eat my mom's cooking a lot when he was in high school so i definitely associate that with like 
his lack of energy when he was in high school because I am always like super replenished and energized by like the really nutritious food I eat every day because you know that's like also a big staple in Korean cooking like re-energizing like feeding your children a lot so I definitely feel like a little bad that he didn't get to experience that but it's okay because like now he's really successful and he can eat anything he wants <laughs> uh, to answer Matt's original question uh, I definitely agree with Olivia brought up with like learning culture through uh, shows and dramas definitely have helped me and forced me to uh, want to learn more through that and it's interesting because I haven't had like that many like experiences with food I think like I would say kind of took like Korean food for granted I would say and then never realized like how fortunate I was to get like the cooking from my mom and it wasn't until I remember a specific time uh, it was two summers ago I went to this summer program and I had to dorm there and mm. I remember being really homesick for Korean food <laughs> really really homesick and <laughs> luckily there was a Asian restaurant nearby but man nothing uh, yeah it was a feeling that I've never felt before where like I just craves rice so much. <laughs> yeah, just we're like, we're like on at that point. We're like, we're gonna go to college soon, so yes, that's gonna be something we're gonna experience like pretty much every day. Yeah, definitely. I would recommend just learning through shows for any. I think any language or culture, like it's always a good mm-hmm. show, good way. Just you can start off with like subtitles on and like watch few shows episodes and you'll pick up some words and it'll just build up eventually and you'll yeah, recognize like, a lot of the values in these shows and how the characters yeah, yeah, yeah. act so olivia do you like listen to do you listen more to like korean music or american music i listen <laughs> I actually listen more to American music, which is probably where like Amer- my American side comes in. But I do have a special K-pop playlist full of really great K-pop songs, <clears throat> Matt, mm. that mm. I occasionally listen to if I don't like American music. And that's like also like a big advantage of like being of two like nationalities, like American and Korean, because if you get sick of like American genre music, you can easily switch to Korean, and like I just like immediately vibe to that. Yeah, I am very proud of my Korean playlist because mm-hmm. okay, got a lot of good songs. Okay, whatever you say. For those who are listening and are interested in Korean music, just <laughs> please message me, and I'll hook you up with really good Korean playlist. But then if you want something that's like far more superior, you obviously have to message me first because I don't want you to be disappointed by Matt's awful playlist. Shots fired. Oh, <laughs> dang, okay. You don't have to come right. after his playlist like that. I don't know what to say, but um, just trust me and come to my playlist. All right. Mm, okay. Um, we're kind of getting off topic, but... um. There's also one thing that uh, Olivia mentioned um, while we were talking about things to talk about for the podcast. She mentioned um, common questions 
she has concerning her own identity. And for a lot of people who have mixed nationalities, there's definitely going to be a point where you're going to question, oh, like who really am I? Olivia, if you want to share some questions you had well, or like yeah, to share. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think that like questioning your identity when you're like two nationalities, especially if, if like one's American, one's like your like ethnicity, like your quote unquote like true ethnicity, like where your ancestors were born. It's definitely a bit of a struggle because um, when you're a high schooler and you're going through like developing yourself as a person and you start to become more curious about who you are, you sort of think to yourself like, oh, is it, it's sort of okay to be acting this way and then liking like certain stuff compared to someone else who may be like more like quote unquote Korean than me. Like I've had points where like I've wondered like maybe should I try being more reserved? Should I like try like implementing more korean values into my life and at one point i didn't really know what it was like to be korean because we definitely mm. don't have the same type of exposure like as people born in korea and yeah. it just it's it's really hard to explain because you have these like constant questions where like who am i and how much of like an impact does my ethnicity have on that so mm. it's really a matter of fact of learning to like sort of fuse those two together and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If you're comfortable with a certain level of, like, how much, like, you know about your culture, then fine, like, go with that. But personally, like, I would like to learn more about my Korean culture because I feel like compared to, like, a lot of other people, I'm, I think I'm a little bit less uneducated. And I just personally don't feel comfortable with that because I'd like to be more, like, informative because I also have been developing a lot of pride in being Korean, especially, like, with the rise of like Asian hate crimes. So right. that was like definitely a turning point for me. I think for me at like the point where I am right now, um, I think like you mentioned, like with recent um, uptick with Asian hate crimes, um, I'm like at the point where I'm still trying to understand my own identity. Mm. I think throughout my life, the language barrier of me trying to um, speak with people who only speak Korean, um, especially like my own family members. Um, I think that was a huge struggle. And I don't know, for for a while, I thought there's no point of me learning Korean. Um, mm, but that was yeah, back same. then. But I, I feel like this is just like me. And I'm not saying that everyone should do this, but I think I feel obligated to learn Korean because um, I kind of miss out on communicating with a lot of my family members who just speak Korean. Yeah. And as I um, meet with them, I always feel the sense of like, I'm like so far apart from being a Korean because I can't even talk with um, a lot of Korean speakers and that's where my american identity like kind of i guess you could say like is more emphasized which i don't mind at all but mm. it's also like i feel like i'm missing something at the same time yeah, yeah definitely. i definitely relate because all my extended family members live in korea so whenever i go there 
like you guys mentioned, uh, how you guys, your Korean isn't the best. My mom always says, like, oh, your Korean is, like, elementary grade level. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, so, like, whenever, like, I try talking to my cousins, like, uh, uncle, aunts, or grandma, or grandparents, like, there's only so much I can say before, like, right. like I can't. I, I don't know what to say anymore. So it's my awkward. Head, yeah, like yeah. in my head, I know what I want to say, but mm. oh, the words just don't come out. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but, like, yeah, I'm, like, usually a quiet person, but because I can't speak Korean in, like, these, like, family gatherings, they just think I'm, like, I just can't <laughs> talk. <laughs> like, they, they think, like, I'm just, like, so, like, so 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 introverted yeah i'm i'm definitely a little bit more lucky with that because um i actually don't have any contact with my relatives in korea because they all come from my my um grandma and grandpa and my grandma and grandpa they both had like seven other siblings and they all fell out of contact like my grandma's sisters died and then my grandpa's siblings we just never heard from them because like they all like had a bell falling out and we never got in contact so i've like i probably have like thousands of cousins i don't know about um mm. but i think like my interest in learning more about like korean language came when my hadabaji my grandpa like passed away in seventh grade mm. that was really rough for me because i did not get to talk and communicate with him and i didn't really appreciate him so mm. the language barrier was really tough on me when i realized how much of a problem that was so afterwards i took it upon myself to kind of like try to be more like put more effort into learning how to speak korean because like i really like, missed out a lot with my grandfather and i didn't want to do it with my hamini my grandma mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i like right now like my grandma and i we have such a great relationship because i started like putting myself out more to talk with her even though mm-hmm. i was like really like embarrassed and kind of ashamed of my lack of like being able to speak korean so trying to overcome the language barrier is i think definitely worth it but it's definitely a struggle for like people like us, like Korean Americans, who are like struggling to kind of like implement more of the Korean identity and overcoming like the language barrier, like so that we can like talk more to like our extended family members. For sure, for sure. Well, to wrap up this podcast, thank you, Olivia, for uh, reaching out and showing up to the podcast. My pleasure. It was very enjoyable. I love talking about this with you guys. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot, not only about Olivia and her own identity journey, but also like what our thoughts were on a lot of um, issues that impact us today. If you guys didn't already, uh, follow the Discord. Um, You guys can drop uh, any ideas for future podcast ideas. And yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.